The following sound file was found on the hard drive of a computer in the basement of a burned-out house in 2014. No one has been able to identify the voices on the recording, and no one has come forward with any further information. No bodies were ever found in the United States or in Canada. Some of the quality of the audio is poor, but it has been recovered with the most effective technology available today. Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 114. The Higgs boson is a reflection of the sub-empirical human observation. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Terry. Good health is the continuity of the light of creativity. And Mac. The invisible transcends reckless reality. And Ian. Imagination embraces formless positivity. And of course, the dumbass himself. You talking to me? Are you talking to me? Sorry, my ear was a little plugged up there, just making sure. <laughs> we were definitely talking to you, sir. But on the other hand, I can't handle the truth. <laughs> you want the truth? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't want the truth. Can't handle it. How is everybody doing this evening? Great. Pretty good. Doing good. Doing all right. All right. Well, I'm hey. not unwell. Oh. Uh. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey. We're trying so hard not to talk over each other. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, I was I was on the Scathing Atheist episode number seventy four. I I saw that. Well, no, you were, you were actually on there pimping your uh, your bike ride. Well, I sent them a uh, an email pimping my bike ride, which they linked to, which we also have a link to on our show notes for this episode. Excellent. It's a charity ride for the American Diabetes Association, Metric Century. I'm riding a Metric Century, which is about 62 miles, and um, it's on August 16th, so send money uh, if you'd like. Even 5 or $10 makes a huge difference. But what they what they recorded was uh, I sent in a Farnsworth quote, the, um, we evolved from filthy monkey men, So and I made it bike-related. So it was pretty funny. You guys should go check that out. So let, let me get this right, though. Your total goal was – $200. Yes. And you've raised 286. Correct. So we're done then. Yeah, you would think. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, this, but then if you look at the team goal of 10,000, we're not quite there yet. So. But, but your personal goal was only 200. My personal goal was only 200. And uh, through the generosity of my real life friends and also just being on like the scathing atheist and um, cognitive dissonance promoted it and we promoted it here, I've gotten some donations from that too, which has been great. I thought your goal was to cure diabetes. My personal goal is to finish the ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not quite that into it that you figure you're going to go out and do the curing the diabetes part. Then is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I mean I'm, I wanted to raise money. I think it's a really good cause. I would. I was surprised that I could raise up to two hundred dollars, and I've just been delighted to raise more than that. So yeah, it's all just gravy at this point. Excellent. Okay. Great cause, though. So. Yeah. Well, let's get Terry up to $287. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Or even 300 if three people donate five bucks. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't push it. <laughs> let's be realistic here. Let's get a dollar more and then we'll, we'll go dollar by dollar. Dollar by dollar. I think the minimum donation is actually $5, unfortunately. Uh, so you're trying to do this for a few dollars more. For a few dollars. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Spaghetti Western. You already have a fistful of dollars. Oh, I was going to go there. You beat me. <laughs> So the Colorado Secular Conference is happening that same weekend of my charity ride, August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Um, it's about two miles from my house, so I might try to go on Sunday the 17th. Is, is this the one that we went to, was it last year or the year before? 
uh, last year, and it's at a different venue. It's kind of near the intersection of um, I-225 and Parker Road. Okay. If you know where that's at, by the Cherry Creek State Park here in Denver. So, uh, yeah. Is that a state park? Cherry it, is Creek a park? Sta- it is a it state is. park. Okay. And it's nice. I ride my bike in there all the time, and it's lovely. I see lots of different kinds of birds and deer, all kinds of stuff. Okay. Anyway, mm. yeah. So the link to the Colorado Secular Conference is up. The Sunday schedule looks interesting, so I'm, I am going to try to to hit at least some of that on Sunday. All right. Well, it's time to stop twiddling our thumbs and start touching ourselves with the masturbation moment. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Okay, so um, let's start out with this article about how MI6, during World War One discovered that semen was a pretty good invisible ink. Yeah, I love this. Because there are so many options for invisible ink that I uh, semen is not one that I had given much thought to. <laughs> but like they said in the article, it's readily available. It, it is. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, but wait, okay, but wait a second. If you're a man, what is a woman going to do? Find well, a man to check I have to chime in here at this point. Okay. And I have to say that, generally speaking, semen is far more readily available to women than even to men. <laughs> <laughs> All they have to do is just... Ask for it? Just, oh, just what, Mac? <laughs> I was going ask for it. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, she yeah. was asking for it. It doesn't uh, exactly say the method uh, you'd use to reveal invisible ink semen on I paper. I bet it's ultraviolet light. That's what I was I'm thinking. Sure it is. Could be. Yeah. Um, the the main benefit seemed to be that it uh, didn't uh, react to some of the most more common things that would detect it, like iodine vapor, like apparently. Yep. Oh, I, I love the one line. In addition, at least one agent had to be reminded to use only fresh supplies of ink when correspondents begin noticing an unusual smell. <laughs> So, yeah. I want to know why he was, what his method of storage was, and why he stockpiled <laughs> vials. Well, that that does reveal a kind of a, a downside to it. I mean, like, if you have to, you can't store it up. So it's like, you know, you got to rub one out for your country every time you want to write uh, a message. Oh, man. I hope you're not in the mood. Yeah, I, I hope you're not writing a lot of letters every day. You know, this this goes beyond simple writing your name in the snow. <laughs> hey, wait, I this thought that was urine. Some, am I, some am truly, I, truly amazing gymnastics. Am I getting it wrong? from I, the same place. I thought that was urine. I didn't it know is, that. but it comes from the same place. But it's a completely different sauce. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so I, I wasn't terribly surprised by this because back in anthropology school, I, my specialty is forensic anthropology, and we talked a bit about how to detect invisible bodily fluids that might have been splattered around a crime scene. So, But I'm surprised that they were doing it in World War One as invisible. I, I've, I've read an article on it somewhere else before this, talking okay. about various attempts at invisible ink. I remember the semen was listed. It's actually kind of an interesting subject because, uh, I mean, lemon juice was we used. I mean, they have a whole bunch of things that they, that they use for this. You know, this. I read a lot of Hardy Boys out loud to my kids and Nancy Drew Mysteries, and there's invisible ink in those, but it's always lemon juice. It's never semen. Never semen. <laughs> really? 
I would like to read that book where it see me. <laughs> I'll write it. I'll write it, dumbass, and you can read it. <laughs> oh, you're going to write it. Well, I can't wait to promote that book. <laughs> yep, Hardy Boys fan fiction. <laughs> who do we who do we ship in that though? Can you uh, what, what would the title of that be like? Nancy uh, Drew has never had a mystery like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Nickerson oh. was away at college. <laughs> Tales of the masturbating secret agent. That didn't work for me either. The clue of the pumping <laughs> fist. Hey, what are we gonna have to do to get God to say masturbation's okay? Well, funny you should mention that. <laughs> Recently. God, I happen to follow God on Twitter, and he tweeted a tweet saying that if this gets one uh, ten thousand retweets, I'll make masturbation not a sin anymore. And it got ten thousand retweets. Congratulations, masturbators! Woo! We all pulled together. You know, this all this rubbed us. The, <laughs> we all pulled together. It's rubbed everybody the right way. We put our finger on what needed to be done, <laughs> <clears throat> and we tweeted a few out. Yeah. All right. That looks nothing like God. Whoa, whoa, wha. You How do you know? Kind of looks like Cuz he looks like Morgan Freeman. It kind of looks like Gandalf the White. No, I, um according to South Park he looks kind of like a platypus. Ah. <laughs> uh, yes, we are pop culture junkies. All right. <laughs> well, or he looks like George Burns. You may have noticed our interesting word salads at the at the beginning of of the episode. Does that relate at all to our main topic? Well, so tonight's episode is us taking on Hollywood. And this comes about because of the movie that just got released this last weekend, Lucy. Um, I remember the first, I actually, of all the times you remember the first time you see a trailer. You know, there's a few other times I remember it, but this time I very much remember it because the trailer for Lucy, I started watching and it looked intriguing. You have Scarlett Johansson, you have Morgan Freeman. Looks like a um, espionage kind of thing, you know, some something big's going on. Um, Lucy, the, the main character, has something in her that the sack gets broken, the chemicals start getting into her um, bloodstream and giving her abilities and stuff. Like, oh, that looks cool. That looks interesting. I wonder what happens. Mm. Then suddenly they say the average person only uses ten percent of their brain. It is estimated most human beings only use 10% of the brain's capacity. Imagine if we could access 100%. And I'm so like, ah, oh, crap! What the hell are they thinking? I can't watch this now. <laughs> I Seriously, that was my... As soon as they brought up the 10%, I'm suddenly like, I can't watch this movie. This is going to be bullshit. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of because it actually kind of looks like it's a fun movie. Yeah. And, and, and they're using a bad trope, right? So... If you can get beyond that, maybe it's an enjoyable thing. But man, the whole ten percent of the brain thing is so easily debunked. Yeah, and yeah. and so right there, I I every ad I've seen for the movie has mentioned that, and it's driven me crazy. And I will get frustrated. And say, no, 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 stop doing that. You're ruining what looks like could be an enjoyable movie. And well, and you have to you have to bear in mind that the average person only watches 10% of the movie that is not Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> well, you know what? No, kidding. The problem is the people that write these scripts really are only using 10% of their brain. That's what it feels like sometimes, yeah. Because uh, something like this has been disproven so many times. It's well, been looked at, been explored, and it doesn't work. It's all based off misconception about not using your brain to its full capacity. I mean, we, do, we could do so much more. 
you know, we, we our brains have it seems practically infinite. Yeah, uh, that's, I don't think that that's, that's debatable well, because here's the so, problem. Here's the problem is evolutionary speaking, for, for the brain, the way the brain evolved, it, it evolved in the way that we, that it needed to evolve. So yes, it has a certain amount of capacity, and we generally use 100 percent of our brain, yes. right? And but not all we can't use, consciously use all of it. Part of it's a lizard brain, you right. know, that keeps you know keeps us breathing and stuff like that. And so maybe capacity was the wrong word. Right, it's full potential. Well, what about I, I don't plasticity, know. Plasticity though. Plasticity, like, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, we we can keep filling it with information our whole lives. The brain never stops, you know, getting information. We could do so much more with our intelligence than we do. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, th- that no, that's see, really but sp- those are subjective. That that that's subjective. Right. But that was the initial concept was people are not using their brain to its full potential. Yeah, because that's that what, what started it. That's a way so, to say a whole bunch of people are lazy is all yeah. that is. That's an attack on a whole bunch of people. Right. But that was the original idea. If someone would look at that saying, it, it seems like people are not using their brains to their full potential. And that, that was what was printed in a scientific journal way back when. And someone looked at that and said, oh, you're saying that people only use 10% of the brain. And it's like, no, no, he never said anything like that. He just said people have the potential to do more with their brain than they do, which is a whole different thing. Yeah. So, you know, some of the, the brain is what, 3% of our, of our, of our total mass and uses 20% of our energy intake. The brain is the, is, a, is the hungriest organ in the body. And, and this idea that is, you know, that anybody would believe that it's only using 10% of its capacity. Boy, that 10% sure uses a lot of energy then. I liked uh, in the article you're referencing, Brian, I liked the fact that he kind of made the reference. He said, if you're at rest, you might only be using about 10% of your brain's capacity. You know, if you're, in other words, if you're just sitting there zoning, I, I kind of liken it to what a computer processor does. I guess you would have to look at an fMRI when somebody is sleeping. And even then, it's using more than 10%. I, I think it takes more than 10% to just keep our basic functions going, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, your brain's not going to be that inefficient. Right. But the other thing is, is that, well, then I could lose 90% of my brain and still function exactly the same then. Yeah, but you'd be in politics. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Nice. Uh, yeah. So the fact that we know that if you damage certain portions of the brain, you know, you, you end up with brain damage. Yeah. Now, yes, your brain can do, to some extent, connect new pathways and such. Sure. Plasticity. You know. It's not necessarily as efficient, and you do have, you know, gaps that are there. Well, but we all, and when you lose a limb or something like that, the portion of the brain that normally would use that stuff has to find something else to do, mm-hmm. right? And so we know that it rewires itself. Yeah. We know neuroplasticity is, you know, is happening all the time. So the first link was just a fun one. Um, so <laughs> other stupid misconceptions, if they would do the Lucy posters with other such ideas. Um, you have the one about, uh, what is it, eight spiders crawling your mouth a year? Right. Yeah. And the average person swallows eight spiders per year. So Probably not even have, that. So they have Lucy there with a spider leg coming out of her mouth. Uh, the average person evolved from a monkey. And so they have her in place of King Kong. Oh, I hate that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> uh, well, why does that one bother you? Because <laughs> it's not true. Nobody claims that we evolved from monkeys. Well, but it's not true. We only use ten percent of our brain. I know. All I these are not true. The monkey one drives me nuts, though. Yeah. Sorry. In particular. What's the last one? Over the toilet bowl. 
Um, what about if you get warts if you touch a toad? You throw with warts. Uh, no, but average... you do get high if you lick one. <laughs> That's a toad, not a frog. What's the difference? Oh, actually, it did say to- toads, not frogs. Never mind. Aren't toads frogs? No, there's a difference. What is the difference? Ah, I don't remember right now. You're going to find out that... Mac, you're the animal guy. Look it up. (laughs) No, you brought it up. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, so now I got to do toads versus frogs. All right, let's find out. It's the same difference as in plants versus zombies, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, this one even comes up. Many people don't know the differences between frogs and toads. They are quite different animals, although they belong to the same animal group. Okay. Frogs need to live near water, have smooth, moist skin, have a narrow body, have higher, rounder, bulgier eyes, have longer hind legs, take longer high jumps, and have many predators. Toads do not need to live near water to survive, have rough, dry, bumpy skin, have wider bodies, have lower football-shaped eyes, have shorter, less powerful hind legs, will run to take small hops rather than jump, do not have many predators. Toads' skins let out bitter taste and smell that burns the eyes and nostrils of its predators, much like a skunk does. And But they probably all evolved from monkeys, right? <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. But So, you can look through the fun um, Lucy posters. They are amusing. And to point out just how silly certain myths can be. And Hollywood's filled with doing some really stupid stuff. Of course, when I came up with this idea for a podcast tonight, I mentioned in it that Brian could go off on the one thing that I know bothers him so much. And so from here on out, it is not, it, I guess it is partially my fault, but we're going to let Brian go off on his okay. issues with how bad Hollywood treats computers. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm an IT guy, right? I'm a network administrator. And so when I watch these shows. So that means you often share your computer, uh, keyboard with other people Ex- typing madly that, away at it right that's exactly what i do whenever i whenever i'm trying to stop a virus i get me and another person to just hit random keys on keyboard <laughs> both of us at the same time because a, a keyboard can certainly take in you know four or five inputs simultaneously right yeah and you're not going to have a problem typing out full words only using part of this keyboard <laughs> it's so bad you know there there are so many people that can't type but man, when people are just banging randomly on the keyboard, it's just so obvious. Type something, oh, people. Oh, there's a there's a website I should send you. Hold on a second. Oh no. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, while you're looking for that, let's talk about the the NC. Okay, go go to this website, okay. hackertyper.net. Oh no. Oh, is this porny? Do I need to? No, no, it's not porny. Just just go to it and just uh, start mashing buttons on your keyboard. Okay, it's coming up. Oh, I bet I have to enable JavaScript. I do. <laughs> so what does it do? It it writes actual code. <laughs> yeah, just, you could just make yourself look like a half or type type away madly on your keyboard and this. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, it's C code too. That's oh, awesome. My God. I have no idea what any of this crap means. I can tell you what which ones are comments. Make sure you always allocate at least one indirect block pointer. Yeah. Nice. You know, my, one of my concerns on this this close up of Abby and McGee typing on the same keyboard. Yes. Is his nails are better kept than hers? I think. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
So this particular one right here, and, and this is like one incident from NCIS that just rubs me the wrong way. So they are, she is actively being hacked and they're trying to keep up with the hacker. And this is a common thing because they also do this in hackers when they're hacking the Gibson. And so, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, batter back and forth. And it's like, they're trying to out, outdo each other at typing. It's like, oh my God, that it's completely bullshit. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> well, just the physical proximity of that scene makes me stressy. Okay, and then to have someone else's hands on my own fucking keyboard. You, you can. Oh. I mean, they're each using half the keyboard, right? Yeah. What kind of command are you entering that way? And, and then, and then on top of it, the fact that they they they, they saw the hacker. Well, no, they didn't. A good hacker wouldn't have been seen. The first command they enter into that, Brian, is is command. Give KB. Divide keyboard. You don't know that. One? Oh, I. You know what? I, and you're an IT guy. Oh. I, don't, I don't believe this. Hey, you know what? What you spend some time finding any key, and once you find it, you can talk again. <laughs> I know where the any key is. It's on Homer Simpson's keyboard. <laughs> yeah. So this. So so basically, they're constantly being hacked, and and he's like. He's like, reroute the, re isolate the node and dump them on the outside of the firewall. Well, isolate the node and dump them on the other side of the router. I'm trying. It's moving too fast. What does that, <laughs> what does that mean? They are the node. Oh, by the way, on hackertyper.net, go to, go there again. Hit okay. alt three times. Oh, okay. Access granted. <laughs> I don't think I have, oh, I did. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, where's alt? You, you, <laughs> nice. You, even even a Mac has an alt key. Yep, I found it. I just don't use it. <laughs> uh, that's great. Okay. Oh, I just created a for loop. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're initializing i equal to zero. <laughs> okay. This is actual code. This is this is better than what you see in most hacking movies right here. <laughs> Hackertyper.net. Hackertyper.net. If they would just use this, they would be better off. <laughs> but here's the thing. So at the end, Gibbs finally unplugs it because she's like, they're, they're not hacking the whole network. They're just hacking my machine and they're frantically trying to stop it. And so he pulls the plug. It's like, oh my God. At least there was one piece of sanity in that whole freaking thing. Oh. Where'd it go, Abby? I didn't do anything. I thought you did. No. I did. Also, but, you can do uh, caps lock three times to get an access denied message. Yeah. Um, another thing that they, that they do a lot that is frustrating is that when they're hacking, they show all these like visual displays, like you know when they're hacking the Gibson and stuff like that. They make it look like this it's this video game, and so you know they're they're pulling pieces from from wherever and putting things together. I mean, sometimes you know you'll you'll see like these um puzzles that you have to solve to get access it's like oh man it, it, it's <laughs> it's so baloney but well, yeah, they, they have to make it really exciting for television though i mean real hacking isn't all that exciting but no it's on tv it's like they're like typing frantically away just to try to stay one step ahead of the hacker right but here's here's the fact of the matter is is that what a hacker actually would do is they're going to write a script they're going to get that script onto your computer, and then they're going to execute that script, and they're going to walk away till the script finishes, and they get access, right? I mean, so it's, yeah. so it is boring, right, from from that point of view. But so for, in hackers, the original hackers, when they're hacking the Gibson, 
It is so hilarious to watch them go through this visual interface. And they're, you know, you see the circuit boards underneath them and, you know, they're showing on the screen, you know, that they're going around hacking this stuff. But what's even funnier about the whole thing is on the other end, the, 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 there's a whole IT staff there trying to, trying to block them at the same time. Same kind of thing as we see on NCIS. Well, you see, the thing of it is, though, what a writer does is he will write a script. And he'll walk away until it sells. No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely doesn't quite work that way. Okay, so the, so hack so so hackers is pretty funny. You know, when they're, they're trying to block him, and then they're trying, you know, they 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 have a rabbit, and they're 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 going to inoculate the rabbit. <laughs> it's like the rabbit is in the administration system. Send a flu shot. Rabbit flu shot. Someone talk to me. A rabbit uh, replicates till it overloads a file, then it spreads like cancer. Cancer? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, it's very funny. And, and this one, and like the NCDI, NCDIS stuff, I mean, you watch it and like, it seems like they're trying to be so serious about it. In, in Hackers, it seems so campy that it's like, okay, I can almost just laugh my way through it and get on with it, get, and get on with it. Yeah, well, that's one thing. There are certain movies where you can kind of turn your brain off and just ignore stupid stuff. And to some extent, you have to. You have, like, stuff about Iron Man. Someone, um, one of your articles talks about Iron Man. Yeah, we'll get to Iron Man because the Iron Man one pissed me off while I was watching the movie. Really? I almost had, I almost you, was You're like, talking about the whole reconfigure the ISDN? Oh, my God. That pissed me off so bad. I was, I was so frustrated. Uh, we can, we can go to that. I, that, that one frustrated me so much that the, the so, the, you know, they're in there. He, he's working on a satellite dish and he, he's not getting enough throughput. So he tells the guy to reconfigure. He's going to reconfigure the ISDNs. ISDNs, their speed is one step above a dial-up modem right. and below a DSL. It, it's what we had. It's like what, what people had when they needed high speed access, you know, in 1995. It, it, it's silly. <laughs> and, and so, and it's like, man, why, why couldn't they just say, Hey, realign the satellite. Let's reposition the satellite. Or they could have made up some bullshit acronym that didn't mean anything. Uh, oh, well, that's... ISDN in this circumstance means what is what the writer put in because it's, it stands for I sure don't know. <laughs> I sure don't know. Well, but it, it totally, when, when, when they said that, it, 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 like I'm watching the movie and it totally threw me out of it. I, I, I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was so upset. But well, this that. article's interesting because the guy is upset about um, IP addresses. Well, okay, universe. I understand. Well, okay, and that was the point that that uh, that um, a coworker of mine made is that he's like, well, but it's it's not our universe. They can use, you know, yeah, to, maybe to me that, that that's a more legitimate thing. The, the, uh, uh, the ISDN, I didn't quite get. Okay, so but you explaining okay, that, I understand now. Okay, but here's the thing: is that yeah, ISDN is POTS lines, right? It's copper. It does, yeah. you can't, you wouldn't use it with a satellite. The, the, I mean, it would be, uh, it's incompatible. The, the IP address pisses me off too, because why, why even, why not use something else, right? Why, why are they putting something that looks like IPv4 on the screen in the first place? It, I didn't catch it in the movie though, right? It was so quick that that one I could glance by and it didn't bother me. But also that could be an Easter egg. That'd be an interesting one to look up and see if there's a reason they picked those numbers. Cause so, something like that to me screams Easter egg. There's a significance to those numbers we don't get. So explain to me what an Easter egg is. An Easter egg is something hidden in the movie, uh, more or less like an in joke or a little nod to something. Um, George Lucas is famous for using THX 1138, which is the title of, um, the first 
movie he directed. Right. And so little hidden things within movies that um you you know I, they'll hide their kids' birthdays and such and numbers like this. I uh, right off the bat that doesn't look like a birthday to me. I will admit, but you, you know, so a, a number like that doesn't bother me too much because one, it, it's you know Brian even said he missed it. It wasn't that big of a deal. No, that and then not... the fa- fact that the pro- there might be a hidden Easter egg significance to that. So I, I that one wouldn't. Even knowing the facts, it still wouldn't upset me because okay. of that. I, I can let that go, right? Because that that I, I might not see, right? Because it's covered up. It's very quick. But when they say, but the one that the one that threw me was when he said ISDN re re re, re, re you know reconfigure the ISDN. That bothered me significantly. Now I agree with his issue about the passwords, although I don't recall what the passwords were. It was but something general... stupid, like for pay, for Warhammer, it was like Patriot or something yeah. ridiculous. See, uh, but, and that's the dumb thing for passwords. It says put the um stars because oh, it was uh, War Machine rocks. War Machine rocks, yeah. Yeah, and he was able to figure it out by that. Give me a, f- yeah. give me a break. You know that that is such a common trope in the in the movies or any kind of fiction that uh, the way you hack into somebody's um, system is by guessing their password, and then and then you figure, okay, what do I know about now, this guy? Oh, now, he, he might, my password might be this, and it turns out to be right. But hold on a second. He asked, he asked Rody for the password, and Rody gave him the password. Okay, fine. It doesn't matter. It, it, it was okay. still a stupid password. He just, it just simply, Actually, he was able to use that as a login into, into their, into their systems. I, and that what? probably was a bad move. Oh, that, oh, that probably was a mistake that a real security conscious company would not make. You know what? Granting though? somebody who was an enemy unlimited access. It's not actually a bad password when you think about it, actually, because, um, it's long enough. It's three words. It's not in a dictionary. It's it, the problem is is that you know the I mean it's is it actually would take a while to brute force because it wouldn't it wouldn't be in a in a um in a dictionary so I guess it's not a terrible password I mean it's it seems it just seems bad because you know the considering the it's too related to right. to to what they're doing and that makes it bad but War Machine rocks you know the length is good it has good it's not great complexity. Um, but it's, I guess it's not terrible. I guess, you know, it's, it's not the weakest password actually. Right. I think, I think that that raises a good point though, in that, um, it gives the impression that the way to hack into somebody's system is via the password on the front end. But there's all that stuff you're saying that comes in from the back end that you, you're not even aware of happening on your well, system. Well, because you, you, I mean, more than likely, I'm going to put it into a password strength meter. But there are people out there who do dumb passwords. Well, that's exactly, and, that, and that's and that's the point is that uh, you do look for you know the the passwords you will start with are, are somebody's um, mother's maiden name stuff like that. It gets a score of fifty percent. It's it's considered weak if you do it all lowercase. But I wonder if I you know if we add a couple of capitals to it. Now have... this guy, um, you know, he has some good points, but then he completely seems to misunderstand um, the idea of Iron Man. Because he, he finishes up, and how can the Iron Man suits actually fly? I'm like, oh, well, okay. Uh, if, you, if you think about that, you have to pretty much kill off enjoying, I'd say, a good 90% of the movies out there. If you actually come up with, oh, you know, if, if Iron Man suit flying bothers him, he should not watch any movies. Yeah, because, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a freaking superhero movie. Yeah. It's, it's like the whole uh, Kevin Smith thing about... <clears throat> I, I don't want him to have a cape, and I don't want him flying. And it's like, like you know, it's Superman. You take away the cape and the flying, and 
you could you pretty much lose the character. Sure. Yeah. You know, there's certain things that you suspend disbelief because you understand it's a comic book movie. And and I get that. And and I, I okay, so I like that I, that I'll I'll grant you. I just wish like in this adding the ISDN portion right. of that adds nothing to it. If they I had just give you that. Okay. <laughs> I, all right. All yeah. he had to say was reposition the satellite. Yes. And there are times like that where they're trying to put in gobbledygook and, oh, right. I want to put some tech speak in to sound like this is something more impressive, and they screw up. Right. And that's definitely what this is. Yeah. And it's it's a really it's a really big mistake because most of the people who are there to see Iron Man or a good portion of the people who are there to see Iron Man are geeks and are going to catch this stuff. Yeah, well, geeks are much smarter than um, Hollywood gives us credit for. That's probably true. Uh, you know, I, I think the thing is that uh, writers out there, um, if they don't know something, will just bullshit it, you know? Yes. Because, yes. and uh, I was noticing this um, for, like, the previous one, uh, number five, talking about online RPGs, uh, how he's like, oh, you've got the top score in almost all the yeah. online RPGs out there. Just the basic fact is uh, they, they don't keep score. No, this, don't isn't, keep score. You, this, is, this isn't Pac-Man. You know, so you're I, I got but... to throw out here, say what you will about Michael Bay and his filmmaking style, but at the very least, he does get real military consultants in there so that he gets the military stuff as right as he can. Well, that's mm. good. And this... well, you, you, should have, you should at least know, I think, the basics about what you're writing about. But I know I read a, a book uh, not too long ago, basically these kids who get trapped in, uh, um, in an online role-playing game. And just the way the way she was writing about uh, uh, about their online role playing game, it was obvious that she'd never even played one in her life. Yeah. And she did the score thing too, like uh, it's like th- just well, different things. Of, South uh, Park uh, limited lives. She she said she she was talking about how oh you only get like seven lives in this uh, role playing. That doesn't happen in online no. role playing games. <laughs> no, yeah. it never does. South Park d- did a World of Warcraft one. They ha- had it so you could level up infinitely by killing the weakest creatures. And I'm saying, like, no, that's not how it works. Because uh, after you get to a certain level, the weakest creatures give you no um, experience at all. So that whole episode, the whole way they solved the episode doesn't work. But in South Park, I can forgive all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> so he, the other thing that he does in this is that he looks at her computer and says, oh, is that the 12 core? And she, it is like, no, that's not good enough. She's, oh, no, that's the 16 core with the 10 <laughs> meg pipe. Okay, those things all make sense, right? But the idea that he looked at her machine and it's like, is that the twelve core? I, I'm sorry. How many consumer twelve core processors are there? Anybody know? Anybody? Maybe Not one. There are none. There are no none. twelve core consumer processors. They're they're all server processors. When you get to that, when you get to that point, and so that's fine. She can have a server processor if it's sixteen cores and a single processor. It's an AMD processor. She still would have been better going off with the twelve core Intel processor, the Xeon. But hey, you know whatever. You know, hey, they can do what they like. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you on the Intel AMD thing. Oh, you are? Yes, I am. Okay, go ahead. I'm still AMD all the way. Yeah, but the in, the Intel Xeon processor will outperform the um, the AMD Opteron, and she and those are your only two options with that many cores. And and Intel, I think they just came out with the 12 core. The and the and and AMD does have the the 16 core, but it does not outperform the Intel. Which one costs more? The Intel because it's faster. Well, see, there you go. Mm. I'm going with the AMD. It has wider pipes. Wow, we are geeks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that kind of stuff bothers me. It's like, why, why would you, what, how do, what, and besides the fact that most online games, most of these games that people are playing are probably not multi-threaded. And if they are multi-threaded, they probably, probably having 12 cores is going to do it no good. You know, the core you i7. Know, most, is, most online RPGs don't really require all that much power. It's more video processor than, than CPU power. Yeah. Well, and Intel, much. Yeah. Intel just released details of its 15 core Xenon chip Ivy Town. Mm, Ivy, yeah. <laughs> Which I just looked up so I could sound geeky. Hey, too. listen, I <laughs> okay. I have an HPC system that has 980 cores. Oh, is that big? It's and and that's a small HPC. Oh. <laughs> we use it. We use it for depth processing. Oh my god, depth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh. We're all having nerdgasms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like the fact that Terry's having a nerdgasm and she has no idea what I'm talking about. I might be faking my nerdgasm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so I, I, there's a couple of other things that, that bother me that, that they always say. When they, when they, they always say they're hacking the firewall. Nobody hacks the firewall. You bypass the firewall. You hack through the firewall. But yeah, you don't really, you're, you're trying to get to where you actually want to be and where you do not want to be is the firewall. No, there's no, there's nothing of value on the firewall. Well, that's not always necessarily true, but the, but if the firewall is, is on the, on your perimeter and exposes no ports, it's like trying to climb a completely slick wall. There's, there's, there, you, you get no traction. You've got to look for, you've got to look for holes. You, you look for, and, and so, and, and those holes are created by systems on, on, on the back end. So that, that isn't the one that, that, that bothers me. And it's, it might be a semantic argument, but it always pisses me off when I hear them saying, they hacked my firewall. No, they didn't hack your firewall. They bypassed it. Well, Brian, I don't think the semantic firewall is that good, personally. So it may not be a semantic argument after all. Is it a NAT firewall? I don't know. <laughs> How can you really make a firewall out of small bugs? <laughs> uh, like I like I said, the one thing that gets me is when they just get the basics of scientific stuff wrong. And moving just away from hacking for a little bit, there was an episode of uh, Green Lantern, the animated series, where they're they're approaching a planet and they see that this asteroid is heading towards the planet as an extinction level event. So what they do is they put all of their like green energy into pushing against this asteroid, and they manage to slow it down significantly. And what that does is that buys them time to go at, go in and evacuate anybody who might be on the planet. And Why don't it's they just, just split the asteroid? <laughs> well, apparently they couldn't. But the thing is, it, it's get, one of the things that gets the very basics of the basics wrong in that planets are not stationary objects. They are moving in an orbit around their sun. If you significantly slow down an asteroid to that extent, it's going to miss the planet. Right, you're going to change its orbit. Yeah. Why didn't they in the in the Green Green Lantern animated series? Why didn't they put the asteroid on a Hot Wheels car and make a green energy Hot Wheels track? They should have thought of that. They should have because they thought of it in the movie. Yep. <laughs> it, it's, it was what was the most dramatic and would it would cause the cause the greatest dramatic tension. Yeah. And we see that quite a bit where science and logic take a back seat to. Hey, we gotta try and make this more dramatic. Okay, I'll set up an alarm to alert us if either name enters an IRC channel. And can we see what they're saying? In late speak, 
Luckily, I speak Leet. Uh, have you have you guys seen split, uh, District Thirteen? No. No. District Thirteen. Yeah. No. Is that a parody of um, Hunger Games? I I, no. I think you're talking. Is there is there a sequel oh. to District Twelve? A, a District Twelve with a District Twelve? Yeah, oh. District Twelve. Sorry. Oh yeah, we fail on this one during recording. It's actually District Nine. Okay, I've seen. I, this. I must have gotten confused. Yeah, was it District 12, the one with the uh, aliens over... Uh... Okay, yeah, yeah that one I've seen. Yeah. 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 Yep. Sorry, I got confused there. That's no, okay. I just uh, really like the idea there that um, alien fuel will turn you into an alien. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how they got that way. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a few more here thing that, that were kind of funny. In the core, they need to get past the secure door, so they pop open the the um, the panel, and inside they find a breadboard. Not a circuit board. They find a breadboard, which, okay, maybe that, that could happen, but more than likely it would be a circuit board and you wouldn't be able so to hotwire. Will wire. you tell us what a breadboard is? Let me look up a definition for a breadboard. It, it's, you know, it, it, it's, so it's for doing, um, a wiring diagram by hand, I think. So you, it, it would be for wiring something by hand. So you would, um, as opposed to a circuit board where you would lay out the circuitry. And it would be like to do one thing. A breadboard, you could manipulate it to do uh, to do multiple different things. So you okay. could you could redo it as you needed to to do something else. So uh, there's got to be a good definition here. Here, so Wikipedia has to say before I sound st- stupider than I am. Wait a minute! You're actually looking something up before you start talking about it. Shut up! But- <laughs> <laughs> a, a breadboard is usually a construction construction based on a prototype of electronics so is how you would prototype something you see brian this is why we're still amateurs all these professionals in hollywood don't look a damn thing up. exactly right this is we... out of thin air <laughs> and throw it down and see we're messing up man we're looking up facts and trying to sound intelligent we got it wrong we're gonna lose listeners when doing that so it's we have a... listeners we have a listener <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a term um, commonly used to a solderless board. So basically, you would you would clip the wires in and wire it that way, and so you would prototype it using the breadboard. And then once you had the prototype done, then that would go to a circuit board, which would not be changeable. So if you leave it as a breadboard, you could just rewire it, right? So theoretically, somebody if you have it set up to lock in a certain way, you could rewire it to unlock. If but you'd still have to know what all the circuitry did, right, on the breadboard, right? And, and, you know, you open something like that up and you have all those wires, you might be better off hot wiring a circuit board than a breadboard. It's a unit system. I know this. It's how the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Um, I gotta find the right file. Um, the next one that's interesting is the Jurassic Park. Now, what's interesting about this is that the file system that they show is a real file system. It's the FSN file system, also known as Fusion, created by um, SGI. And so it, it actually exists, and I went and looked it up. You can download the source, and uh, it's supposed to work on Linux. I, I haven't tried it yet. I think that it might be kind of fun. But what, what they say is unrealistic about this is the fact that she's 10 years old and at that time had seen Unix, which is probably unlikely. Yeah, and just because she uh, she knows how to use uh, Unix, she or Linux, she knows exactly what to do on the on the system in order to manage the entire place. Yeah, because yeah. because apparently every every Unix system operates exactly the same way and does exactly the same things. Well, Unix systems are only used for two things: they're either used to be server or operate a park full of dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. 
Yeah. Um, the next one is from a, um, a Harrison Ford movie, The Firewall. And one of the things he does is so he, he, he opens up, he pulls an analog scanner out of, uh, well, what did he pull that out of? Was it a fax machine or something? Out of a fax machine. And then he tapes that to the screen to capture the images on the screen. And he connects that to it. He connects the analog device to the iPod. With tape. With tape. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't necessarily believe that. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily believe that Harrison Ford could do that. Richard Dean Anderson, I'd buy. <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is a MacGyver thing to do. Hey, but you know what? Screen capture probably would have been better. I, I'm kind of surprised you didn't go after the uh, the one from the Lone Gunman where they swap out the processor while the computer's running. Oh, that's that. I had that. That don't worry, I got that one too. Okay. Yeah. That. Oh, so Golden Eye. Uh, we've talked about hackers. Golden Eye. What was this one? Oh, yeah. He sends the spike. He, he he's he's so good he can send a spike across the internet and spike the other computer. Body screws with Boris Grish and go spike them. Come on, Boris, just hang up. No way, I spiked them. What does that mean? Any idea? No. Nope. No. Like it's, uh, it's the the only thing I could closely relate it to would be something like some sort of a denial of service attack, but that wouldn't cause that. That wouldn't cause what happened. So. So the Skyfall one. Have you guys seen Skyfall? I've seen it. So they're in there. That, right? Yeah, that is absolutely ridiculous. And then he had right. And then, but what gets me is that the, the next part that that happens just kills me. Right. So they decrypt the thing. Right. And 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 then it you know does this like change and shows them this map. And then what happens? They get infected by a virus. Have so you? The thing that gets to me about that, and they do this uh, on a lot of places, but it's like the guy who isn't experienced with hacking or anything, just because he happens to be the lead character, he gets to notice something. That is, that nobody else has noticed in, in the data there, and oh, that's the key to it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're looking over somebody's shoulder as they're doing something really technical, you're not, and you don't know anything about computers, you're not going to be able to figure anything out. Well, and the other thing is that he's the head IT guy, right? He he yeah. he's their head guy, and he's going to take some some foreign thing and plug it into his primary network. Just plug it right into the primary network. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you not ever heard of an air gap? Ah, that makes me it's so all, mad. It's also the same the same thing with uh, that one we were talking about uh, earlier with uh, the dual keyboard. I mean, the solution was just to unplug the computer. I mean, if that was uh, if, first of all, it's that that same theme that oh, the guy who's not as technically inclined sees the solution uh, right, but uh, way before those you know geeks do. But um, because he's just using his common sense, right? But uh, also, it's like wait. Uh, the computer is probably connected to a server. Unplugging the computer isn't going to do anything. It's probably going to hurt if this thing was actually true about uh, them needing to be typing away madly. Right. I mean, and it goes on and on, you know, enhancing photos out of nowhere. <laughs> Ooh, I, so I was talking earlier about um, one thing that drives my husband absolutely nuts is a scene in Replacement Killers, the movie. So they um, they get this partial image from a passport photo that's been partially digitized, and the police are trying to enhance it. And, you know, it's like clickety, 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 clickety. And, uh, you know, they don't have enough data, but this, this computer geeky guy clicks around on his keyboard, and then, like, this grid comes up on the screen, and then it infills yeah. all of this missing data <laughs> to make this perfect <laughs> image of the guy. <laughs> it's it's so silly. And you know, it's it's you it's always a license plate. Every every like NCIS and every single one of these at some point will have like a fuzzy image of a 
of a license plate. Like, hey, could you enhance that? Yeah, sure. We could make something up for you. <laughs> yeah, that's not what it would be. Speaking of Hollywood BS, how, have you noticed that most of these videos, like just the clips that they're showing, uh, are taken down? Just two-minute clips yeah. of like a movie or whatever, and they're taken down due to copyright. Which is clearly fair use. I yeah. mean, considering what they're doing with them. They're ridiculous. Okay, Brian, explain to me what this, hey, good guys and bad guys use an air gap. Yes. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about with the, with the what is it, Quantum of Solace or whatever it was. When, so when they're hacking that, he if he, he plugs it into his primary network that's connected to every other machine on their network. And so inevitably, they, they solve the thing, but while they're solving the thing, it's hacking every other machine on the network, right? It's a, it's a network-aware worm that goes out and hacks everything. So the idea is that if you would use you would use an an isolated network right so you so you would have a network if so if you're going to plug something in to to a machine that you think might that that you don't know about or is an uh, or you know basically could do damage but you don't know you would set up a separate system specifically to plug that into that's not connected to your network so it would be air gapped Okay, that's, that's what that means. So it's a separate network. So and and that's important, you know, in in real life, if you have a power a power station, the power station's computers are a SCADA system. That that SCADA system, you want it completely isolated from the public network because you don't want somebody to hack in and then take control of your power station, right? Right. So just a little note, um, NSA, if you're listening. You need to air gap those systems. And we're sure they are. And we're sure that they are. Because Remi- we're with someone out of the country. Exactly. We're, we're, you need to remind these people to air gap SCADA systems, okay? Because they're not doing a very good job of it. So, yeah. So, that's, so that's what I mean by good guys and bad guys air gap. Don't put, so, you see this all the time. You know, they, they have this system that's so important to them, get hacked. If it's that right. important, get it off the network. That makes sense. Yep. I'll create a GUI interface using Visual Basic. See if I can track an IP address. Penetrating radar. Okay, we can do this one. This one, this is another thing from Jurassic Park. And this is this is kind of a, a minor irritation. So they at, at one point in the beginning, they use a single seismic shot, right? So they have a they have a thing out there that hit that that sends off a seismic uh, a thump into the ground essentially. But you don't see any receivers or anything like that. And, and, and I guess a ground penetrating editor can have a receiver on it, but they only do one shot. And then they go into, into the tent and they, and, and then they get this whole detailed image of this raptor. And it's not the way that seismic works. And, and, and ultrasound is, is a different case entirely. I don't, I don't exactly know how they render that image, like, so that they can see babies and stuff like that. I think they make a lot of assumptions. But, so I put a couple of pictures of actual seismic data on here. And, and the first, so the first image is of a 3D seismic shot. So it, it's right. somebody, and these will be in the show notes. They're all open source. You know, they're available from um, from a university. So you, you guys look at look at these shots. You see how how there's the humps, and mm-hmm. they get and they go up and down and up and down, and and so as you and they get and they get closer and closer to time zero as you reach the center. So this is what this is what we call and this this data happens to be from vibro size data. So they put these big vibrators out in a field or wherever they want to record the data and they and they thump the ground. And they thump it and they go from and this particular one goes from 60 hertz up to 120. And most of the data that I've seen actually goes more from like 120 or from 20 to 
to 120. And then so the, in this, and then they sample the data at like one millisecond, two milliseconds, or four milliseconds. This is probably one, one millisecond or two millisecond data. Brian, I was trailing off till you said big drive, big vibrators. Yeah, where you <laughs> anyway. So, but th- and so, but then we collect this data, and this is this is going to be lower frequency data, but it's going to pen- penetrate further into the ground, and they say that it gets a depth of about three thousand five hundred feet. So this is what I a think size- I found Waldo. You might you might find <laughs> Waldo. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff I c- I could tell you about this, but this is this is this is one shot of seismic data, but this is like a hundred and hundred forty receivers. No, 260, looks like there's maybe 260, 265. So they put 265 receivers in some sort of probably, uh, probably a square to, to capture this data. And you see that, you see the lines and the squiggles? Yeah. Every single one of those is one trace. So if you only did one shot and had one receiver, you would only get one of those traces. I thought ground penetrating radar was Gary Berghoff with a shovel. Not so. Gary Berghoff from MASH. I actually got that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the name, but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's what, that's what, that, I mean, so that's what seismic data looks like. And so I put some ground penetrating rate. And oh, the next, the next one that I did is you take a whole bunch of those shots, right? And then you migrate it and, and you get these images, um, that, that can, that kind of show you the contours of the earth underneath you. Right. So you need lots of those shots and then you have to process that data. You have to flatten it out and then put it all together. So the, the idea that they would go out with one seismic shot, even with a ground penetrating radar, which, so I put some, so I put some data on there from, um, ground penetrating radar and you can, and you can, and it looks pretty much similar, but it's at higher frequencies. So it doesn't penetrate as deep. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so that was a, that, that's a minor irritation, right? Right. Um, the fact that they see a whole, and, and with, in detail, they see a whole raptor skeleton using yeah. one seismic shot. I, I, I don't know how you would do that. And the only reason that, that that probably bothers me so much and that I was able to put this together is because, you know, I, this is the field I work in. Well, was it, uh, RSS? Raptor seeking seismics? It might have been raptor seeking seismic, yes. Maybe, so maybe that's, that, yeah, that yeah. Pull a raptor in one shot. You know, that's the kind of seismic I have, I, I don't have any experience with. It's a kind of a very, very specialized technology. Clearly. Limited applications, too. Yeah, extremely. But anyway, so that, that was one that I, I just happen to have a lot more information about how seismic works. So that one I can, I can see them do it and I can see why they're so wrong. Hey, can I tell you guys an example of, of actually good hacking in a movie? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Wrap up with this, maybe. Only if you're actually <laughs> rapping it. Is this like a little way? Okay. Yo, yo, yo. My name is Brian, and I'm here to say. That's right. Yo, yo, yo. My name is Brian, and I'm here to say that there is a good example of hacking in a movie, don't you say? Let me let me tell you a little story about Ian's favorite movie called The Matrix. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, but I believe you enjoy hitting people with tuna. Uh yes, I do recall mentioning that. The hip-hop community would like to request that you have a taste of their mackerel. Ow. Crap, that hurt. Now I want you to think about what you've done, sir. How did that guy get in here? <laughs> anyway, so in the Matrix, they actually use Nmap when, they, when they're hacking the Matrix. And that is an actual port scanner. And that, and that is actually a tool that you would use if you were going to hack somebody. 
And there's a lot of other good reasons to use that tool. I use it all the time. If I'm trying to open up a service and I want to verify that the port is open, I'll do a port scan of, uh, of my own systems. Or, or if I'm looking for open ports that I don't know about, I'll use Nmap. So in the Matrix, <clears throat> Ian's favorite movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell people why you hate the Matrix so much later, but this particular piece from the Matrix was good. How's my rapping? Your meter sucks. <laughs> my meter sucks. Sorry, man. My I a yeah yeah. I can't ever say motherfucker correctly. Like yeah, you enunciate it too much. I can't do motherfucker. Motherfucker. That's because you're from America. Shorten it to mofo. mofo. I can't sing along very well. I thought I did okay on the spur of the moment. <laughs> you did. Have you seen Flight of the Concords? They do uh, oh, rap. Yeah. It's, I guess uh, <laughs> I'm the hip hop epotamus. My lyrics are bottomless. Epotamus, the hip hop. I call me the hip hop epotamus. My lyrics are bottomless. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.